0: minister floyd green welcome to impacting jamaica
1: thank you thank you it is my pleasure happy to be here
0: awesome now you know you are a minister of promise a minister that has so many fans on social media that you know have a lot of regard and respect for you and look up to you but you know sometimes i wonder if we really know you so the first question i want to ask you as our guest on impacting jamaica is to talk about your early upbringing you know your your family your schooling as a youth growing up which i understand is in rural jamaica
1: yeah so you know i am proudly a countryman um i say it Mm. in and out anywhere i go i am a product of rural jamaica and i'm i'm happy for that because i do find especially in the communities in which i grew up that they do tend to foster the best of us in Jamaicans. And um, that was my upbringing. So the majority of my life, I grew up in St. Elizabeth. I Mm. consider myself a son of St. Elizabeth. My mother and that side of the family is from St. Elizabeth. Um, And I think that is where I really shaped my fundamental values. So uh, a country upbringing, um, you know, spent a lot of time hanging around my grandfather roots i think he is part of the foundation in everything that i do i mm-hmm. um, a very well-loved man um, very popular very engaging very kind-hearted mm-hmm. um, strong family values values that were instilled by mother and father mm-hmm. um, so my mother is a teacher um, has been a high school teacher for basically all of my life And my father, my father worked in agriculture, used to be an extension officer here in Jamaica and then migrated to Cayman where he worked for years, over 30 years. Um, So I grew up with a strong, I would say mother influence, but daddy was always here. He would come regularly, Um, Mm -hmm. but with those country values about respect, Mm-hmm. And how respect is critical, especially in relation to your elders um, and the principles of kindness and being loving and, and manners, you know, those things. Mm-hmm. I'm working with them in an early age. Went to school in St. Elizabeth for the most part. Um, and I guess I do credit a lot of who I am now to Monroe College, mm-hmm. um, all boys school, again, deep rural Jamaica. I always say one of the beauties with Monroe is that it it forces you to learn. It's so remote that um, you really just are focused on education and really building bonds with with the people around you. Mm-hmm. And um, that was that was my schooling at Monroe. Um, I was very involved in high school. Um, I do believe that um, our group in Monroe, while we did do a lot of academics, we were also very outgoing, very we loved entertainment I think that's the hallmark of our groups Mm -hmm. of our year group in Monroe and and again that colored my experiences so during Monroe I got involved in a lot of things Um, I actually got the award for the most involved senior student Mm. Um, so I was involved in everything from science club to ISCF to Red Cross to so Student Council. to so okay. Tourism Action Quiz, yeah. So you were um, a
0: politician so from I, then? I, well,
1: you know, I, I guess at that, at that time, you know, you, you really never saw it as politics. Mm-hmm. But I guess from very early, I was very passionate about serving.
0: Okay.
1: And from very early, I think the, the teachers and um, somebody like the, the dental nurse actually in, in, in at Monroe, instilled in me that I had leadership potential and mm-hmm. you know it's it's always good when you you have external influences that, that sort of believe and encourage you you know so very early in my monroe life the, the dental quiz was, the dental nurse wants to do a dental quiz and said that she believes I would be the ideal captain for the team mm. and the team went and did extremely well and I think from that and that was in law school it started to say to me that you know I have leadership capabilities plus Mm -hmm. I love service so that that carried me through so so those were the early years those were um my formative years and my teenage years um in in St Elizabeth.
0: Do you have any siblings?
1: I do I actually have four sisters I am the only boy you know, uh-huh. and um, so them yes. spoil you, them spoil you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, 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 to be honest, clearly mm. it's a question that comes up. But I, I would say we, we, we grew up, I would say, in a humble family,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, I, I don't think we really wanted for much, but there it wasn't a family of luxury. Right. Um, and as such, you know, my, my mother believes in, in no. My mother believes in um, doing with what you, you, you have. In fact, uh, I'll tell you a story, which she probably don't forgive me for sharing openly. Um, but, you know, my mother wasn't afraid from time to time to um, if needs be. Use the, the 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 proverbial rod to correct the child, <laughs> right? Not a literal rod, but she was afraid to dispense a beating. And I, right. I, I, I and you, need, and you, to and you
0: because, needed it, did you? Well, <laughs>
1: no. Let, let me tell you. So, you know, my mother, my mother would beat on on, on a point of principle, mm-hmm. and 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 I guess this this the story would, would, would maybe capture, you know, the sort of upbringing I had. So. You know i remember at one time when i was in um prep school i came back home and i had a toy car and my mother said floyd where did you get that hmm. and um i told her i bought it at oh. the pharmacy institution where we stopped And she said okay mm-hmm. so how much you pay for it and like let's just say uh, i said let's say ten dollars for example mm-hmm. And she said, okay, so 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 you never eat lunch today?
0: Mm-hmm. I said, like, yeah, man.
1: I had lunch. And she said, but how much you pay for lunch? And I said, <laughs> you know, but when she worked it out, there was clear that deficit. So, she right. said, so let me ask, you know, so where you get the additional two dollars for to, to get the car? And I said, you know, Jason, just lend me. Oh, hey. the story builds. <laughs> Well, no, there was no story after that. <laughs> because her point and that beating was to say to me that if I don't have it, I should do it out. And I shouldn't go and borrow money from somebody to try and get something that I want and that I do not need just because I want to have it. Um, and, you know, I, I told her that it was, especially you now when I'm older, I, I did tell her that that was an unnecessary um, beating <laughs> and she could have conveyed that without know, beating me. In the discussion, me. right? without <laughs> yeah, know, beating me. But, you know, th- that, that's how mommy is. So, so mommy never spoiled me, you mm-hmm. know, um, because she she believes in these principles yeah. that, you know, if we don't have it, we do it that we can't be happy with what we have. And, you know, even if it is humble, we can't be happy and we must be grateful.
0: And that's a profound lesson that, you know, I'm sure our listeners, especially our young people, can appreciate that it really doesn't matter where you come from. It's the principles that really will steer your path. And so on that premise, I want you to reflect on those early years and some of the ambitions you had, some of the things that you were looking forward to. You talked about serving and leadership. Were those your ambitions? Did it just kind of come to you?
1: So I, I definitely feel like service and um, leadership ca- kind of came to me. Especially, I, I was really passionate about service. I liked service. I like. Um, leading these groups, being a part of these service organizations and feeling like we we're making a difference. I guess I found that very, very early in my life. And I became president of my science club in school. And mm. we had our, our most exceptional year. And that was amazing for me because, again, it, it, the group of us had now taken over. We were in fifth form and we went on to win all the competitions that we used to participate in. And it, it, it made me see what you could do when you have a strong team around you and when mm-hmm. you um work towards it it's funny when you look at some of the team members and where they are now I'll tell you one of those team members actually who was in the science club with us is um a guy by the name of Oje Oliver which people don't know as protege and oh. He was my he was oh my, my public relations he was my public relations officer
0: In, on your and, executive uh, then
1: on my executive then on oh. my executive then yeah so you know I, I think very early I, I saw how leadership could could make a difference and and that stayed with me
0: correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong you're an attorney right.
1: I am an attorney. I am an attorney at law. And so, you were uh, in
0: science club and your father was in yes. agriculture.
1: Yes. So You're it quite was a, a mix. path. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell you. Describe the path, mother, yes. My mother was, was, was convinced um, that she wanted a doctor. Oh. And she mm-hmm. wanted me to be a doctor. And as such, I took all the sciences largely to, you know, appeased by mother Mm -hmm. who wanted me to be a doctor. But I remember, I think it was about fourth form, I visited a hospital and I realized I really- It wasn't meant for you. No, absolutely (laughs) no. It's definitely one of my least favorite places. Wow. Full stuff. Yeah, I I just, I don't like so much pain. I know it's a place that brings healing, but it's it's too heavy for me. So um, in about fifth form, when I realized that- did all the sciences but i did do history which is one of my loves. Mm -hmm. um i started to try and convince the arts teachers in sixth form that um i should do the arts in sixth form even though i i did mostly sciences and uh, i was able to negotiate with some of my teachers and Mm -hmm. um, i was able to do the arts in sixth form i think i realized during fifth form that I, I, I wanted one maybe a position of service but then law started to appeal to me mm-hmm. all right so um, I did all the arts in sixth form and then when I went to when I went to Mona UE in Mona um, I actually did a degree in history with a minor in politics and then I went on to do my law degree and then became attorney at law. so it, it wasn't a straight path and definitely mm. I know but sometimes my mother believed that um, I would be the doctor thankfully my younger sister. <laughs> has gone on to full her. Um, less pressure (laughs) yeah definitely but but yeah I I think I I realized I I was more drawn to one uh, concepts of justice concepts of social justice Mm -hmm. concepts of craft and stagecraft and being able to use uh, your intellectual reasoning skills to decipher cases and to advocate on behalf of people. So I think largely, especially in fifth form and going into sixth form, I largely evolved into advocate and, and that's why I was drawn to law and I guess ultimately why I became drawn to politics.
0: Right, right. So it's definitely not a straight path and I think that's great for our listeners, especially young people who will be listening, who are seeking an answer to how they can realize their full potential, change the world, and of course, be happy, what is your advice? I mean, we can glean so much from what you've already shared, but still coming from your own mind and from your own looking back at your own journey, what is your advice, young people in Jamaica and the world, over these matters of wanting to? You know fulfill your potential wanting mm-hmm. to to be happy too you know the millennials know yeah. they're not yeah. they're not into yeah. you know any slave work or yeah. any you know work and then no glory there is the a yeah. bit about validation and just being happy in your life so what is yeah. your advice to them
1: yeah well you know i definitely think happiness is is key and i definitely think finding what makes you happy is is important um, Recognizing that life isn't necessarily a straight path is is critical, and that you you can change along the journey. And sometimes you're being pulled in in directions that um, you really do not want to go, but you're doing it for other people. And you know, I think it's, it's it's okay to appreciate that along the journey and to make those changes. But I think some of the fundamental things are um, you know, belief in self is very very important. Right? And mm-hmm. and sometimes it can be hard, especially in a world that uses so many different things to validate different people's existence and mm-hmm. where social media is so rampant and sets a whole different sets of standards for what is good and what is uh successful and what is happy. Um but even so, no more than ever, belief in self is critical. So believe in self in relation to the dreams that you have, believing that they are valid, believing that um, you have what it takes to bring them to fruition, I find are, are very, very important um, mm. characteristics. You know, I, I, I was a very shy young man. Really? Even though yeah okay uh, even though a lot of people are around would not appreciate that hmm. in, in, in people who used to interact with me would not really know because I transitioned so quickly and because my mouth was always big you know <laughs> I was a very low I was a very low youngster. I was always the smallest I was so always... hold
0: on so low shy and small
1: yeah yes yeah. yeah. so I uh, okay I, I used my my lowness and my the biggest of my voice to kind of hide my shyness but <laughs> But even in in being shy and shy was more, you know, I, I guess you would call it, uh, no, they define everything. But maybe a little, you know, afraid to socially engage, mm-hmm. not want to be the first, you know, don't no, don't want to be the person that nobody wants to interact with. Um, but that was quickly once somebody were to engage me, that was quickly transitioned because fundamentally I, I did have. A fair amount of self-belief
0: mm-hmm. and I think
1: my grandfather um my mother and my father instilled a, a really good amount of self-belief in me that regardless of the fact that we're from country regardless of the fact that uh, we're not from a rich
0: background
1: um that we can achieve what we set our minds to
0: and now a word from our sponsors
1: we want to help you mark every milestone celebrate the joy of living Cheers to the best in life. Drink and live responsibly. A message from Red Stripe, part of the Heineken Company. Manpower, live live Searching for a one-stop solution to all your facilities maintenance needs? Visit Manpower Maintenance Services sales and distribution center. We stock a wide range of COVID 19 washroom, cleaning, and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals, and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay, and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876 920
0: to Welcome back to our podcast. Oh, can you go into that some more? How did they instill that belief? And I guess this one is for the parents listening. Like, what what do you remember them doing or being for you? Very
1: encouraging,
0: Hmm.
1: very encouraging, very, very, you know, willing to allow me to to try things, very engaging. Hmm. You know, Um, my grandfather really believed that I was the best thing to happen to this world. That's how that's he made awesome. me feel, whether he believed it or not. That's literally how he made me feel. You know, I, I remember um, when we went through a hurricane experience and I, I got some batteries and I put them together and um, the radio worked. And I mean, you know, one, when I was trying to fumble with it, I tried to say how I could make the radio work. And this time I was very young. I mean, like seven years old. Um, and he was saying, Yeah, man, I know you can make it work. I know you will find a way. Mm. And it worked. And, you know, you know, clearly the joy and but the point is, even before he knew it would work or it could work, he was telling me that it would work. And mm. even so, when there were disappointments and when things didn't go well, it, it was never, and I really commend my mother for this, it was never a beat upon. It was mm-hmm. always, uh, all right, listen, we can get it done. Yeah, right? try so again. right? Yes, yeah, so if the CXC results weren't as awesome as you wanted them to be, mm-hmm. it was never, boy, you know, it's why it was, all right, listen, no, well, you know, you're still going to sixth form, you're still going to do well. You know, so, so I think, you know, parents, the, the more you encourage and engage your children, um, is the more you you instill that self-belief and the earlier that you do it um, is, is the earlier they have it. And clearly nothing beats somebody just feeling loved, you know? Mm-hmm. Nothing beats somebody just feeling like um, this person cares about them.
0: That's an awesome message for our parents listening. Self-belief, believing in your children, encouraging them. And the first point you made about life not being a straight path as you consider the various um, skills and talents that you may have and where you want to go as a young person. So thank you for that. I want to jump straight now into Jamaica. Um, mm-hmm. Jamaica is going to be celebrating 60 years this year, but look at the broad context of where we are globally. Globally, we are facing a pandemic locally as well, of course, and there is a, there's a war, um, there, there is unrest, there's a little bit of, you know, angst in our world. Um, but still, at sixty, we we have a lot to look back and to be grateful for. What is your great hope at this time for our country? Um, and is there any particular milestone that you're hoping that we can cross?
1: Oh, wow, um, I, I guess there, there there's so many. Um, one you know I think we all appreciate the, the tremendous potential that Jamaica has. Yeah I think we've seen so many pockets of excellence. We've seen how amazing our people are, how creative they are, how talented they are. And we know that they are among the most talented, creative people in the entire world, not mm-hmm. in the region, not you know, not in part of the world, in the entire world. Yep. We, we do have the best of the best right here in Jamaica. Mm. So, so my hope is for us to be able to truly leverage this potential and yeah. our people to truly transform our society. And, you know, it, it, it may sound cliche, but I think Vision 2030 really got it right. You know, the, the place that we want to work, live, raise our children. And do business, right? yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: do business. And, and and that is what we really want to see for Jamaica, especially in, in this our 68 years. So it means a, a number of things. It means clearly being able to get crime under control. It means clearly ensuring that our education system is producing uh, young people who can adapt who are creative and can communicate well and, you know, can deduce and reason and Mm. apply themselves across various areas who are literate and strong. It it means creating the opportunities and the atmosphere that if you have a business idea, you can transform that business idea into a business that can grow and that can do well. It, It means, frankly, finding a way to take all of this potential and make us into not just the users of technology but the creators of technology Right. and to truly digitize our society and to have it running efficiently um so i think there, there's so much that we hope for there's so much that we want to see but it will really take a, a collective effort you know and it, it it is definitely a challenging and a very uncertain time in the world and um a difficult time and I I know you know as a especially as a small island developing states these things have a a really tremendous negative impact on us on things like our food security and just Mm -hmm. the ease of doing business and you know but the the beauty and and probably this is what I want to see us continue to display and and to even accelerate that is that we, we are a resilient people yeah you know, I think resilience is our hallmark. Mm-hmm. We, we have been able to make it through difficult times, time and time again, and not just to make it through, but to shine, to shine in the most difficult of times. And I think in this, our 68th year, is definitely another call on our resilience, another call on our innate strength as Jamaicans, another call on our talent and creativity. but. We have it, we have it. I I just would love for us to recapture some of the togetherness that used to bind us, especially that I saw growing up in Mm -hmm. rural Jamaica that I believe we have lost some of it. Uh, the, The concept of being your brother's keeper, the appreciation that we are stronger together and we can move further if we work in one accord, I think if we're able to recapture a lot of that, mm-hmm. then not only will we be able to survive the stresses that the world throws up to us now and the uncertainty, but we'll, we'll do well. We'll do well and we'll progress and we'll prosper. I
0: wouldn't agree with you more. We have about two more minutes left in this podcast and so I want to end by asking you to continue to focus on Jamaica and share three cool things about our country. Your favorite spot in Jamaica and why? I have a feeling I know where, but I might not. But your favorite spot in Jamaica and why? Your favorite person uh, and why? And your favorite food and why?
1: Okay. Um, my favorite spot is, is definitely Treasure Beach. um i love treasure beach um i i do feel like it's the epitome of the best of us it is really you know laid back really calm really relaxing but more importantly the people are amazing the people Mm. are genuinely friendly genuinely nice it's the one one the places you can walk into a place that you do not know and come out with lifelong friends. Um, And there's a certain energy down there that it just rekindles your spirit. Mm -hmm. So Treasure Beach is definitely my favorite place. Um, Favorite person, uh, Jamaican, is Marcus Garvey. And uh, it's simply because what he was able to achieve at the age that he achieved it, and with so many cards stacked against him. yeah, I think he is the symbol of self-belief. He's a symbol of hard work and determination. So outside of, yes, he is really the main champion for our Black Power movement and recognition of our greatness as Black people. I think just his story and his journey and the fact that this was a Jamaican boy, man, who believed that he could change the world, and literally, in a overtly racist society, went on to change the world. Yeah. You know, he formed yeah. our first political party. We speak about a lot of what he did abroad, but he did a number of things here. And mm-hmm. I can tell you, the first manifesto that he put together, a lot of our two main parties drew from that yes. to craft their manifesto. So um, definitely Marcus Garvey, but there, there, there are so many other great people that I really regard and I really respect. I, I, I love you saying. I think, again, he has shown how you can be you while still, you know, working hard and taking over the world. And I, I love mm-hmm. that about him. He has remained heavily rural, a country youth, and um, I think he really inspires a lot of hope. And it's not just about amazing talent, which he has that,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: it's about personality and how you put personality with talent to, to create greatness. And food, there are so many things that I love. It I don't. love Bami. I love <laughs> Bami. I'm a Bami man. I really, right. really love Bami. I love Akian corn pork. Not necessarily I and sawfish, I love Aki and corn pork. All right. Um, and I am a pork man, so I love jerk pork. Um and what else do I love? Let I me mean, think of something sweet. Um, I love grater cake. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. So I love Jamaican food. Uh, I I I definitely think, you know, Jamaican food is the best in, in, in the entire world. So yeah. But mommy, corn pork and um are things <laughs> that are dear to my heart. I could talk about pig still and and, and mm. you know new peas and Oh, Jesus,
0: no. My hunger, no. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah
0: minister it's been a pleasure you're a real jamaican man man of the soil and and thank you so much for those wonderful messages about self-belief belief belief in self and it not being a straight path but you can still thrive and succeed it's been a pleasure we'll have you back because we really want to get into some of your portfolio responsibilities in the government but we just wanted to chat with you about you for this podcast so thank you for being with us on impacting jamaica